0: Plus minus. Curry way downtown. Bang! <laughs> Bang! Oh, what a shot for Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> plus minus. Curry hey, driving again. Oh, you're killing me! Tell Marcus that he asked the, you know, that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. I have a great night. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in <laughs> NBA history.
1: Hello and welcome to a weekly edition of the Warriors Plus Minus Podcast, but Tim Kawakami has been kicked off the pod this week, so it feels a little bit more like Warriors All 82. It's just me Booted. and
0: Marcus. Booted. Booted him all the way to LA where he is vacationing.
1: Load, load <laughs> management. He He's uh, gearing up for
0: the playoffs. There will be a playoffs, right? They're not gonna spiral. Okay. Wow,
1: you mean like into the play-in and then lose? Like
0: <laughs> somebody, somebody sent that to me. It was like, hey man, the Warriors are not the seven seed is not off the table. And I'm like, sure it is. And then I look, I'm like, I mean, technically,
1: well, Minnesota's like the hottest team in basketball. So I mean, let's look right now. Minnesota and the Wolves are and the Nuggets are both tied at forty two and thirty. The Warriors are forty-seven and twenty-four, six back in the loss column. Warriors have eleven to go. You know, there's gate. Look,ing I'm in Orlando right now. They're playing the Magic tomorrow night. Should win that one. They got a game in Washington. Um, There's, there's a few other should wins. Like they would almost have to go like two and nine, one and ten to to put that in play. It had to be tough. Yeah, I mean, they're clearly very much in danger of falling to four. I thought five. Dallas has lost two pretty bad games recently, so they now have twenty-eight losses. It's getting more bunched up for sure. But no, I don't see. I I personally think they're going to win. You know, maybe half their games on the way out. I don't know where are you at. Like it's funny. Like obviously they're coming off a really bad loss last night, but you know just the way pools playing and who they have in the schedule ahead. I I don't think you know
0: three and eight is on the way. They've got some favorable ones, right? Even though this was a favorable game, the the home against San Antonio. Like, they could give away some favorable games, but they've got a lot of them, you know.
1: They also have a lot of yeah. losses ahead. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm looking right. So, you count Miami, uh, Memphis.
0: Memphis, Phoenix. That Utah one's big because that's for the tiebreaker with the Jazz. Yeah, Utah is huge, and, I, and it's home. They won't have Steph, but. Presumably they won't have Steph. He's supposed to find out. We're supposed to get an update like the day before that. Yeah, but he's presumably not gonna, they won't he's have Steph for that. Yeah, it's a tough game, but it is at home. They play well against the better teams. They they tend to they tend to get dragged down and give other teams hope, but they do play well against good teams. Their final four is
1: against Kings, Lakers, Spurs, Pelicans.
0: I mean, that could be four straight right there.
1: Especially if there's urgency, <laughs> if there's
0: urgency to
1: win those games, potentially have a Steph Curry return if the foot is healing well
0: uh, within that too. I'm thinking Steph is back by the Lakers game, right? I don't know why. I just put that in my head.
1: You love the three day break between. A I game, love the man. breaks.
0: I love what Steve Kerr wants his guys to get practice time in. It's a practice, but if he comes back, they could literally, they could go three and a down the stretch easily, right? I don't know. New Orleans is playing pretty well, and they might need that game. It's back to back. They're closing the season on a back to back. That's a road back to back. I know, but you know, the other thing
1: is, do the Warriors need that or not? Is there any seeding implications? If there is, they'll you know they'll go after it. But there's a chance you just know you know by April 9th, April 10th, they are the four seed.
0: They are the blank seed, whatever. Then they'll rest. And you know what's interesting too? These. Other teams are like not running away like you thought they might, right? Like Memphis is losing some games where you figured, you know, they'd be Memphis will pull away, but they're not actually pulling away. If the Warriors win that game last night, it's still a just a half game. So for a while, we've been saying three, four, but the truth is, two is still on the table because other teams are doing things, right? Uh, you know, like you said, Dallas lost a couple of games. You know, Denver's kind of spiraling a bit. Uh, nobody else is lights out either. Minnesota's That's lights kind out. Of a, Minnesota is lights out. They've come from the depths, right? You know, this is the wrong time to
1: say this, but Minnesota playing itself into six right now makes three more appealing. You know what I mean? It makes like, hold on to three. If you might get Minnesota three, six. Again, like,
0: I don't know. I don't like that Minnesota matchup in the in the
1: playoffs. It, okay okay. Well, you tell me. You have to pick of those teams: Utah, Dallas, Denver, Minnesota. Who of those four do you think should Utah. be the Utah? <laughs> Utah in round one. Utah, the team about I, to hop them.
0: I is, is you. I don't know. I just don't believe in Utah.
1: Oh, but you believe in Minnesota because of their playoff history.
0: No, but they don't have any. That's the thing. Like, you, them, them dudes who don't know what they' losing. Who like, you know, the matchup. They also don't know what they're in.
1: like. Walking
0: yeah, into. but those teams like are a bit, you know, scary too. They could, they could just be scary. Uh, I'm judging this by the fact of uh, I just don't think they want to see Carl Anthony Towns. Like that's a that's a tough matchup. And even if you win that series, like he's going to wear down guys right it's gonna take a full effort from Draymond and Kevon Looney on him Looney just can't guard him like we've just seen that Looney can't guard him so that means it's a lot of Draymond and do you want Draymond, like, you know, doing that round one? Ditto for Jokic. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. If it's not
1: Towns, it's Jokic. If it's not Jokic, it's Doncic. Like, you know, I know Luka's different. Well,
0: Luka's different, yeah. I mean, you you could do they got They got 58 guards to or wings to run at Luka. And I think Dallas is super tricky, uh, but... You don't have to like it's a, it's a basically strength against strength. It's like wings and guards against wings and guards. I mean, they have, you know, you know, serviceable big men who hurt you if you don't if you're not locked in, but they don't have anybody who's gonna like change the pace of play, right? Like there's not gonna be anybody to kinda control the game down low. It's just, you know, speed up Luca or you got you deal with Luca. Spencer did he is really good, really good addition for them. Jalen Brunson is tough, but those guys just feel a little bit more manageable than having to devote so many resources to try to stop a big man because you don't have a big man. So that would be my very Steve curry and concern. I think
1: they wouldn't mind scouting a playoff series where D'Angelo Russell's on the opposing defense. and I don't know. I think Minnesota's the preferred matchup. They
0: don't, right don't attack dudes like that, though. They don't do that. I
1: mean, they know even his off-ball tendencies. They know but a lot of D'Angelo that, Russell though. tendencies. Yeah,
0: they just don't. I mean, I well, could see it They, they would like, like, yo, this is what we're about to do.
1: I don't expect them to, like, you know, force a switch and then suddenly Steph's doing one of those, like, dribble it back out, you know, 38 feet because he's going to go attack Which one-on-one. Which is probably
0: what they should do. They should probably go every time down at D'Angelo Russell, but you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna get the they're gonna get the switch and get him behind Andrew Wiggins, and they're gonna turn it into a post up matchup.
1: Yeah, or it'll be something where like he's guarding the the uh, split cut action, and they're like, we know he can't guard the split cut <laughs> anyway. But I think we should probably. The I'll probably give a Minnesota too much credit, match. But. It's you are. It's probably too early to discuss matchups. Um it's more for the warriors i mean as they continue to talk about it, it's like more playing well because they're not beating anyone if they're not playing well uh in this conference so where would you like to
0: start with what's going on with the current team you know what i would say i think we gotta start with andrew wiggins wow <laughs> i mean we do uh i i think it, we could definitely go with clay but um or, you know, we could even go with that Draymond toss out. That wasn't, didn't that feel like the Charlotte game from last year?
1: It felt like a few games I've seen in Draymond Green's career, not just one. But
0: Charlotte, remember last Charlotte is like, you got kicked out this game where they need you? You know what I'm saying? But that was kind of worse. It was at the end of the game. Yeah, like,
1: that one, well, not only that, they were up two with like, 20 seconds left in Charlotte and it was a double technical the technical free throws, yeah. free throws to tie it so that that to me was was worse it felt like a little bit like remember the Knicks game last season where he actually got thrown out because he was yelling something at Wiseman but the ref thought he was yeah, yelling at yeah. him and that was like you know they were in a time of the season where they were trying to like build and get momentum and he got ejected You know, in the middle of a close game and then they went on to lose the game. Hey, if he's there, I mean, you can never replay it, but, you you know, you probably win if he's there. But you do feel that way. Yeah. Um, He wasn't playing that good last night. So, you know, you still presume, you know, in such a closed game where, you know, he only needs to make one or two plays. He needs to, you know, complete a box out basically or something like that. He
0: gets that free throw. Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: So, yeah, you probably
0: do win if he doesn't get tossed. I think that the general theme is, even without Steph, I mean, without Steph for sure, but even with Steph, this whole thing is going to come down to who essentially maximizes themselves uh, uh, around Steph. I mean, we know what other teams are going to do anyway, are going to try to do. So they're they're basically going to say, let's take away Steph. So that's essentially, the series is on Klay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wicket's. I feel the best about Jordan Poole just because of the diversity of his game. He's gonna get to the rim, like he's gonna finish. He's starting to take more mid range, like he shoots well, jumpers. let's just like,
1: be honest. Of those three, Jordan Poole is currently the best player right now. It's yes, like he's playing the best.
0: And the part that is to me concerning about Wiggins is defensively, he seems to be like not as there anymore. And that's what they really are gonna need from him. I don't think they need 25 from him, but I mean, I couldn't. You know how many times like he's he's closing out on the, the on the shooter, and like so Keldon Johnson or Josh Richardson, they get the shot off while he's there, and it's like, dude, you're you know what I'm saying like you're six seven with hop. They, they should not get the shot off if you're there, but it's like a He's just not like fully committed, and maybe maybe that was like schematic. Maybe they were saying let them dudes shoot because they can't shoot, but with their roller like that, Keldon Johnson's got this super slow wind up. It's like you know the shots coming, like smother it. Uh, But he's just doing some weird things defensively. It's going to come down. You just know it. It's going to come down to Wiggins, right? Whether it's making free throws. Last night he didn't get the box out of Dejounte Murray. Like if you watch that. There's, there's five Warriors in the paint, and there's three Spurs. you know, And the one guy who gets, gets to the ball is the guy that Wiggins didn't block out. And it's just like little winning stuff like that. Wiggins is really good, so the expectation for him is really high. We ain't even going to talk about the money, but he's a really good player who you just kind of look to in those moments, and you just wonder if it's going to come down to him. And how like how he's gonna break out of this kind of rut he's in. To me, that's was what, that's what's really jumping out. You know, Clay's gonna hit shots, like Clay's gonna do what he does. I don't think Clay's playing particularly well, but you know Wiggins has all of the ability and none and all of the reason to to be performing right now. So he's gotta do it.
1: Wiggins was Pretty good in that Saturday night game against Milwaukee. That win, he had you know 21 points, seven rebounds. He had that uh rebound put back. I think Giannis was in the mix when he did uh two blocks, for assists. It was like you know,
0: was that the was he guarding Middleton that game? I remember he,
1: he was he was kind of going to different guys, but yeah, there was a lot of Middleton. He played well defensively. I mean, that was a really good yeah, way, nah, he, he,
0: he was he was really good, so he
1: was really good. Middleton. And then he was talking post game, and I actually, you know, usually he's relatively bland in his press conference remarks, but he was pretty honest saying like, you know, somebody asked him about his performance and he was like, well, it couldn't have, you know, couldn't gone any worse than the last month has gone. And then at one point he was like, just, you know, he was talking about his free throws and how it, you know, that slump had kind of impacted his whole game, but also just how he, he, I believe he said, I hope this is the turning point. Just, you know, you're like, okay, maybe he's just, you know, he's kind of coming out of this lull. Sometimes Wiggins goes through these lulls. We've seen it. He's very streaky, not necessarily in – game streaky but it seems like he, he'll go 15 to 20 game stretches where he compiles an argument uh, for the look he's a changed man look you know this and then he'll go 15 to 20 games and
0: then the minnesota fans are like ah you fell for it yeah
1: and then he'll do enough of those games that you're like look he's not a changed man well it felt like maybe and the way he was talking post game like oh maybe this is the the turning point game he even literally said turning point but then he got sick and he hadn't played, in eight, you know, he had a, he didn't have a good game against the Spurs. He hadn't played in eight days. So, I mean, maybe that's an excuse type game. Maybe that was part of his low energy, the condition.
0: Clay was the same, right? Clay came back and wasn't good. That's acceptable. And that's why I'm not necessarily worried about that loss. Like, it's an ugly loss, but it's very par for the course of this season, right? <laughs> like, they lose those type of games. But you just got to wonder, like, Wiggins has to win you a game or two, right? He he's gonna have to do that every series. There's gonna have to be a game where Wiggins is just like, all right, this dude is killing. If they get that, to me, that that kind of is what loosens things. You know, the playoffs are all about like counters. I mean, I know we I know we spend a lot of time going back to like back in the you know, 15, 16, all that, but we've seen the highest level of playoff basketball. You right? You get to game five, game six, like you better have a another move. You know what I'm saying? And that's gotta be Wiggins, right? Or at least Wiggins gotta be the first move so Steph can be the early move, but you just can't you can't not rely on him. So to me that that's the the concerning part. Like Wiggins finding a groove at the right time and being a big factor, but Man, you just know he's going to be at the free throw line at some point with the game on the line. You just know it. <laughs> when he <laughs> when he
1: got fouled last night, it was like so many, you know, twists to that ending. The the first one was like, "Foul. Wow, they fouled." And then you're like, "It's Wiggins Smart to the foul. line. Yeah, <laughs> no, Smart you're foul. like, "It's Wiggins <laughs> to the line." He was actually 6
0: and 9 on free throws last night. It was like his best. I think free that's throw. why Steve was about like I neither call I liked. Like oh, <laughs> Both calls were crazy. Well, what? You was it, was the it, foul? Were they
1: hacking? Is that what it was?
0: Yeah. <laughs> All you needed to know about that. Um, I wasn't there, but I was watching on TV. But Wiggins made the first one and Steph literally just started celebrating on the sideline. Yeah. Like you could tell. You could tell it was a big deal that they feel his free throw struggle Turned out you know to be
1: premature because the second miss leads to the
0: O rebound foul. I don't know. That was wild. Yeah, wow you know, our co host who's not here has this thing, you know, going on social with Poole, right? And and being the quote unquote Pool hater, but I just really don't have any concerns about Jordan Poole's availability mentally and like in, in a postseason. Like that dude's gonna show up. He ain't gonna play great all the time, but he's gonna show he up. He
1: continues man. to like answer the call at various points of his career. You know, obviously Bad rookie season, do you fold? Are you basically, you know, floating your way out of the NBA? No, he came back year two. Oh, this is an improved player. This guy is, you know, trying to make a mark. Okay, the G League bubble turns himself into a rotation player. Down the stretch last season, okay, you're somewhat of a rotation player, but it's winning time. How much do you help? He was one of their better players in that six game winning streak to uh, you know, close the season last year. He was good in the play in games. And then this season, there has been various points. You know, it was first it was like okay, now you're starting, you're Clay Thompson's, you know, replacement starter. How are you going to handle that? Very well, obviously, the way he was playing early in the season. Okay, now your role is shifting. He definitely went through an adjustment period, times of of critiques of him. But he has answered that call, right? I mean, really when he felt like he was at his lowest this season, when, you know, we're doing the interview in Dallas and he's having those, you know, answers that got everyone like, "Uh uh-oh. He has not played a bad game since. I believe it's nine straight 20-plus point games since then, over 50% overall, like 50% from three. And now, you know, you have Steve Curry even saying last night he trusts. Jordan Poole a bunch more than he even did a month ago. And like, you know, they're handing, you know, Draymond's going to, especially when Draymond has a little bit more of a rhythm will be the point forward. He'll have plenty of, you know, ball handling responsibility, but Jordan Poole particularly, you know, last night late in the game, it's like he's making the plays. He's running the team. The two biggest, you know, makes last night that, that, that had him tied at late was, you know, he gets it in transition and creates a layup for Kaminga, then the next time he gets one himself, With Steph Curry out and with Draymond Green very much easing back into the mix, he is their best player right now.
0: Say it. This is this is George Poole's team.
1: It is right now. I mean, you you know (laughs) you know how there's like there's and we've seen it this season maybe more than most. But like there's so many lives to a season and so many moments and you.
0: Oh, this one has like a hundred lives. It feels like. Well, the
1: current life has Steph Curry out, Draymond Green like. Basically, just trying to get any type of rhythm, and Jordan Pool as the team's currently their best player for the last ten games, really.
0: That makes you feel good about their chances in the playoffs, right? Especially you talking about Minnesota. Even if they won't, you know, Minnesota will obviously do things to put uh, Steph like in a tough spot. They love Vanderbilt on them, right? Uh, with Reed, as kind of like the the floating helper, two super athletic guy. But if anybody's going to cook d it's going to be Jordan Poole, right? Like He's, he's like, Yo, oh, I'll take this dude every time. So to me, as long as – if these are the last 11 games, it's kind of dedicated to getting Wiggins back. I don't think people realize how far off he – I mean, they do. You can watch it. But before the All-Star break, his offensive rating was 111, defensive rating 107. Since the break, his offensive rating is 100. Defensive rating is 112. Like, it's been a full flip. Like, he's shooting below 40% from the field and 30% from three. Like, this wasn't Wiggins. And they're really good when Wiggins is good. They're really good when Wiggins is good. So, if you could point to one thing that's kind of, obviously, the injuries. Obviously, Clay coming back has thrown a lot of things off. And he's still in his mind, you know. <laughs> he's just like, yo, I'm about to take this dude one-on-one. Still, like, it's kind of messing things up, but they, I feel like they need to get Wiggins to a certain point. He is the X factor, which is, it's got to be terrifying for Warriors fans because, you know, you just don't know how this dude, you don't know how he's going to produce, but also they are really good when Wiggins is going. And it doesn't matter who they face in the first round. If Wiggins is hooping, I don't think anybody's going to beat him in the first round.
1: Just look at their record in the first half. Remember, I mean, he was like the best left corner three-point shooter in the league, he barely I, I, hits them anymore. What was he, about, like 42% or something like that, in like the first half or by the time he was named an all-star starter? If he's just
0: 35, 38, like 40 38. is kind of crazy. 40,
1: 40 transformed them into the team that looked like, you know, the favorite for parts
0: of the season. But he's 30 now, right? Like thirties.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it's like – Especially the way they want to start, which is with Draymond and Looney, two non-shooters. Yeah, absolutely. Andrew Wiggins' prior seasons is considered like, you know, he's a shooter, but he's not a feared shooter. So to defenses, sometimes that is almost like a non-shooter. Well, when he was 40-something percent, it was like, you know, that's basically knockdown in the league. And then that either changes the way defenses play you, or if it doesn't change the way defenses play you, they're getting killed by you. Making a bunch of threes. So, if everyone's healthy, that might be like their biggest stat in the playoffs. Like, what's Andrew Wiggins' three point percentage, honestly? And confidence. He just doesn't even seem to be taking it nearly as much. And like, maybe that has something to do with the free throws. Maybe the free throws have, you know, it seemed to me that they kind of think that, like, even though like, Kerr was like admitting it in his press conferences that like he felt like the free throw slump, what, you know, a really weird mid career just like inability to hit free throws. Had seemed to like kind of throw his game off completely. Have you seen anything like this before? I mean, I'm trying to think. Westbrook, I remember when Westbrook used to be like 75, 80% career, like really good free throw shooter.
0: His felt pretty gradual, right?
1: Well, no, there was one seed, Remember when they changed the rule where between free throws, you couldn't leave the line? Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, he yeah. used to have it. I mean, he's really OCD. He Used to have his thing. He'd hit the free throw, then he like basically walk back out to half court and like do all his things. And like if it was a home game, you had the lady like you know three rows behind us at the scores table yelling, "Come on, Russell!" Like there, he had this whole like routine. And when the league said you can't leave the line, he like tripped out about it. And then he he went from like mid 80s to the next season, he was like 60s, like not you know, and now he's not a good free throw shooter. But this is just like randomly mid-season, a career like 72-ish. I think
0: he's
1: 72.4% Wiggins is for his career. is going like over a stretch of a couple months, like 30% from the line.
0: It's a wild drop, right? And the, the crazy part about it at less than a percentage is his just sheer inability to hit two in a row. Right? He, he cannot make two in a row.
1: When he hit the first one last night I was like that's that'll ease it he'll, you know it's like that's usually how it works right particularly I mean, on he a did
0: first make show. two in a row last night right like he was like I think he made the first three yeah he was 6 or and 9 like he was 6 yeah, and yeah. Nine. I yeah you right when he hit that first one I was like oh okay well at least he's going to be clutch with it cuz Andre Iguodala's like that right he'll be a poor free throw shooter but then when it's when it, when the game is on the line like he's hitting those but so I'm thinking oh, okay Wiggins is clutch let's go clutch Wiggins showed up and then I, you don't normally see that normally you make the first one you you all good <laughs> but he felt it and they'd even call like a timeout in between you know how steve likes to call that timeout to make you think about it it wasn't even that he just yeah that that was wild to me uh but we do got we we do need to talk about clay it's so clear to me watching him and i and i do think it's so easier easier to see on television than it is live like he's just a completely different player catch and shoot. When he's, coming off screens in offense. They've got them little pet plays where, you know, it, it's not a lot of action, but it's kind of like a reset. It ain't coming. He'll dip one way, then come back off the screen. Like, his shot looks way different. The part he's seemingly married to that is a problem is when he's just driving in the lane and taking these, these fadeaways with, like, no lift, You know these kind of leaning. We were joking about that. He doesn't shoot straight up anymore, like not like inside the paint. It's never like pull up straight up and down shoot. It's it's all leaning and fading, and it's like no to the rim action unless he's dunking. (laughs) But like, can they get Clay, especially without Steph, to not get into okay? There's no Steph. This is my time. Let me take over.
1: Probably not because that's what it felt like. Somebody's
0: got to have the conversation with him, right? Somebody's got to do it.
1: Look, this team is going down with Clay Thompson. You know, like he's going to be a starter. He's going to be a closer. He's going to shoot, you know, not every time he wants, but kind of. I mean, what, last night, I think he took 21, 22 shots. They've committed to, I think, this season kind of running it out with this dynasty core which includes like you know Draymond's got to get back give what he can give obviously Steph runs the whole show when he's there Clay Thompson is just going to be allowed to be Clay Thompson
0: but this ain't Clay Thompson though this ain't Clay Thompson
1: we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra the official beer sponsor of the NBA want to get closer to the game than ever before You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
0: I don't know. I he like was three for ten last night inside the arc. He's six for twelve from three. Them all good shots. He's taking good shots. Their screen is set up for him. It's in the flow. When was he the dude who's like, I right, one on three?
1: Pre Durant. Sometimes with Durant. No, I think. Some, yeah. I think sometimes people forget. Like he averaged the same amount of shots as KD like all the season. And there were. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There would be he plenty of it. times you know that KD would be rolling his eyes at Klay Thompson's shot <laughs> selection.
0: A lot of quick transition threes. There, there's right, this idea,
1: of, and like, don't worry. I, I definitely was was one of the people that you know. I guess kind of thought this naively that like, Clay Thompson, again, we've talked about this, was going to come back and like, it was going to be such an easy transition because he's the he's the no dribble king and nah, like the dude kind of chucks like he always. Has that's chucked. who he
0: was, but he He when he was the no dribble king, that's what we know. That's the Clay we know.
1: I think he's got to do it more because you know. Like the bot, you know, he's Absolutely. just not what he was athletically. Understandably, so there's a little bit more of that. But he's like the thirst for the shots has not changed. It's still there. No, nah,
0: it ain't. That ain't never. That ain't never changed. And <laughs> but, that's the thing. You
1: say have a conversation <laughs> with them.
0: Like I'm like this is just
1: who you got on your team.
0: But he said it himself. Remember when he comes out against Milwaukee and he gets hot? And he's like, like I got to stop forcing shots. Get my shots in the flow of the offense. Right. He was talking about, you know, catch and shoot was really the difference. And then he just went back. I mean, and look, I understand what he's saying. Like, I get it. You know, the last time he played in 2019, I mean, the floor was so spread like, you know, the defenses were going crazy. I remember Toronto was going crazy on staff with the with the janky defense and like he, you know, he was just cooking, man. I like I remember I get it. Like he was he had arrived at that level. I, I see why he wants to get back there, but he doesn't have the burst. He doesn't have the first step. He doesn't even have like the lift off the floor, which is why he's doing so much fading and leaning. So to me, it's not like, hey man, you can't do this or you can't ever be this, but you gotta be real selective about when you do it. You know, because there's some time even uh, against San Antonio, it's like, all right, you need a bucket either to stop the run San Antonio's on or to like you know crest the mountain, you know crest the hill as Bob Fitzgerald likes to say. And then Clay comes down and he just chucks a bit, chucks a bit, Ranger. Like I got this. To me, those are the shots that I feel like when Clay is on his game, those are gone. Like those are gone, and he's he's wait like he's waiting for. The screen and running off the action
1: well he's i would say he's rushing action for sure there's and then there's two other things i think number one like this isn't an offense loaded with particularly with steph out like loaded with alternative terrific options i mean this is offense will be their problem without steph curry steve Kerr's already yesterday's Trying to lean into this like, well, we can build a defensive identity while Steph's out. That needs to be where we lean. It's like, you know, if they have a Wiggins, Clay, Draymond, Looney in the starting lineup, he's like, that's the core of a great defense. So... If they're going to play those type of lineups where it is Looney and, and Draymond and and the way Wiggins is playing, I mean, Clay probably has the feel of like, look, like, okay, I cannot shoot this shot. Then we're going to run offense and it's going to be Looney, pump fake, pump fake, you know. It, you know, th- this. <laughs>
0: Dang, Looney catches Strays. He ain't even do nothing.
1: <laughs> and then the other thing is, I think to your original point of like, you know, Steph being out, Clay going, okay, you know, Steph's out like I am 1A. On this offense. I am the alpha of this offense. It's a pecking order thing. And like we could sit here and I think me and you can reasonably right now say Jordan Poole should be the, you know, the guy who runs the offense. But there's a big difference between me and you stepping back and saying over the last 10 games, Jordan Poole has been the best offensive player on this team. And like some conversation with Klay Thompson, of like, hey, Klay, Jordan Poole's better than you now. Why don't you know? Why don't you let him? control all the action that's
0: exactly how steve should say Uh, but you know i don't don't even yeah no you're right i just don't i don't think clay should take fewer shots i just think he should take more of the shots he's really good at right now (laughs) like and less of the shots that he's not very good at i think it's harder for him to
1: get the easy shots now though
0: if there was a more constant see i know the warriors don't like this you know it's not their thing but sometimes to me this is why like you need to have like more specific offense not like free-flowing is cool but to me sometimes it's just got to be about we're going to get clay thompson going not we're gonna move the ball around and try to create like layups ain't happening against good defenses you're not gonna trick somebody and get the oh he's back door he's wide open like the princeton offense like ran into good teams and (laughs) and that's what eventually you got to be able to get a bucket on a good defense so to me, that's what it's like. All right, these we're gonna we're gonna run this to get Clay gone. Clay, wh- where are your spots on the floor? Where we we gotta get you here? And they do it for other players, but it's just usually to post. Like that's <laughs> that's what it is, or it's a split action. So yeah, I mean, I do feel like some of it can be more manufactured and less free flowing, right? Less coming down, uh, less like. Kinda like Clay on his whim, but just more structured, like Clay, we're gonna get you twenty-five shots. Here's our plan to get you twenty-five. But you're gonna get twenty-five. But you know you know what his true shooting percentage is since the all-sever? He's at fifty percent. He's true shooting to 503. five oh three. Like that's not even Clay. And you know, he is from a culture where there's no such thing as a bad shot because he's one of the great shooters of all time. But I just don't think that's true anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like he does take bad shots.
1: Yeah, but I mean this is just who you're dealing with, you know, and it's like a lot of times I think there is an over there's too much of a belief that the coaches can really control everything going on on the court. You know, maybe it's cuz college basketball is going on right now and it feels like every college coach is like, <laughs> every ah. Single, they, yeah,
0: 17 time, passes before a timeout.
1: Right. You seven come over here. We're having lectures on what just happened over the last two possessions. You know, and it was like it was something I would say with Wiseman last season, where it was like, "Why are they posting up Wiseman?" It's like, well, Wiseman keeps calling for a post up. I mean, I you know, I know they're like don't want to mid-post Wiseman seven times a game, and I think there's a little bit of that with Clay. Like, you're you're probably right. There's better ways to get into like structured offense and get Clay the shots they want, but sometimes it's just Clay Thompson with this just like obsessive belief that he's going to get back to what he was as quick as possible. And his answer to doing that is not like, let me, let me kind of, you know, ease into the season. It's like, no, I want to guard one of the best players and I want to take a bunch of shots. You know, and he'll have those games like you know. I'm sure that Milwaukee game on ABC Saturday night against the defending champs, where he's the star, he scores 38. That only like empowers that belief of like, oh, yeah. you know, that was once oh, every yeah. five games. Let me make it once every two games. And then you know, last night he's facing the Spurs, he's struggling. You know, he has the whole head. You know, when he throws the headband into the crowd. That's not him going like, oh, I've throwing the headband in the crowd. I'm having a rough night. Like, let me take a back seat. It's like, when I come out of this timeout, that's when I'm getting hot. Oh, it's
0: <laughs> on now. This headband was holding me back. I actually think he played well after the headband, but I think he stopped forcing shots. <laughs>
1: Generally, though, that this just is Clay Thompson. This is just who you employ. This is a guy who's very much helped you win three titles and build a dynasty, but this is the stage of his career, when, you know, and we will see. Like you know, A lot of times people say the second season is better than the first. You know, I'm sure the sixth month off of this will be better than the fifth. The fifth is better than the fourth. But this is just who you got. This is just who is going to be a major high-usage part of your offense the, the rest of the season and you know, probably the rest of his contract.
0: I mean, I think it should be, actually. <laughs> I think he should be. It just felt like against Milwaukee he figured it out that's that's the part that's just like he said it he said it himself he was then, just kind of hot he and, was just kind of yeah hot. Nah, he said it and then he's like yeah man i just gotta it's more catch and shoot in the Florida of the offense but but you are right it is a lot different when there's no steph because in many ways steph is the offense uh so all those actions that happen off of Steph, all out of the doubles, right? Out of the attention he draws, like what is the offense outside of that? So it probably is a lot more difficult to get in the flow when when there is no flow. <laughs> but he's a really good catch-and-shoot th- catch guy right now. I think he should lean into that.
1: Okay, we'll see.
0: Hey, when when's GP coming
1: back? You know, I could see as early as tomorrow he scrimmaged this past week chris haynes put out a report that he was targeting sunday so i mean that means he like gary clearly felt he was very close you know sometimes that happens and then they just like get closer and it's like eh, one more day off you know they have back to they have two back-to-backs on this road trip so i'm sure they're gonna like probably have to selectively arrest some guys so maybe they're saving them for that
0: but but Peyton seems very close so which game do you not play clay and which game do you not play out of Porter? And do you do. You don't do those simultaneously, right? I imagine one game is an out of Porter game, one game is a Clay game.
1: I'd play Clay in Miami because to beat the Heat, potentially, you might need a hot Clay Thompson for the idea of getting an upset. Like if Clay Thompson plays like you did against Milwaukee, you can beat the Heat. Where I don't know, I feel like. You should be able to beat the Magic without Clay. Without I guess Clay this is, and
0: Steph? I guess this is go. with well, the Magic.
1: I'm not saying you will 100%, but.
0: I'm saying you get the win you got to get. Like, yeah, the no, there's that argument.
1: It's the safer choice would be to, like, really go for the Orlando win. Like, play everybody in Orlando. And, like, you know, and I don't know for sure, and it, we'll ask Steve next time he has an availability, but is Draymond playing both sides of back-to-backs right now? I'm sure he's not going to play both sides of every back-to-back coming up. You know what's the more interesting question? Because it's the same, but it has higher stakes. End of the road trip, Wizards-Grizzlies back-to-back. Where the Grizzlies game, you know if you still have this like pipe dream of getting the second seed, that's a huge game. But if you are doing the safe strategy that you're talking about, go after the Wizards game and punt the Memphis game. But then you're punting the second seed, essentially.
0: But also, if you don't get the Orlando or the Wizards game, then the Memphis game really don't matter, probably. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. You, you, you lost two of a row, and you're looking at, you don't get Orlando, that's three. Miami is four. Atlanta's <laughs> not know, like an easy that, game. Atlanta's not an easy game at all. They've actually started playing well. Then that Memphis game don't matter anyway, so... That's what I was trying to figure out. That's a great I forgot about Draymond. That's a great question. Is Draymond playing back to back? Somebody's gonna have to play back to back at some point. Maybe Draymond is the closest bet, or does Clay force a hand here? But yeah, I'm trying to figure out how do they manage that. I'm thinking I'd play Clay against Orlando and sit Otto porter
1: draymond you know the night he got back but they're all definitely messaging out like seating doesn't matter like put them in the five put them in the six whatever essentially is what they're five trying is to too say. low
0: four i get four i get five is too Tuck low but again
1: find. when you tip off game one even if you're tipping it off in dallas or whatever like if, if everyone's there you know they're gonna feel confident so yeah yeah facts You still want that game seven at home. You know who would have helped in some back to backs, and this is a transition just for our producer. uh, If James Wiseman was able to play, he this would have been the time he would have got good developmental minutes. And you know, particularly if Draymond's not
0: playing both sides or you know whatever, like Slater, what, what what are they doing? Look, Anthony, you've been around this league a long time. Why not just shut him down? Why even put him through it? Why put the team through it? Why not just say, hey, man, this ain't your year, yo. And we don't even really need you right now. We're done. There's no more your name out here getting dragged. There's no more. It's over. You're going to come back healthier next year. You're going to get a full They all, They've been saying this forever. He hasn't had a training camp. He hasn't had a summer league. We'll bring you back summer league. And that's it. Yeah, you take the hit. Initially, oh, he's out. He's out a year. It's been a long time. All right, you got that. Then it's over. And then he's no longer in the news. Why not just do that?
1: Well, I think if he's physically able to get out on the court and play, you know, in scrimmage and whatever, like, they need him to, like, play, right? Just because, like, he needs but, but to play. But he's
0: clearly not, though. He's clearly he not physically been, able. Yeah, yeah. look,
1: if, if, if the knee is saying that he needs to rest for, you know, blank amount of weeks, blank amount of months or whatever, you know, again, it's like... You know, I think they're on a day-to-day basis monitoring the knee, but also getting opinions from 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 several medical, you know, training staff, doctors, all that. I think Steve said it pretty good the other day. Like this, just like whatever decision they make regarding James Wiseman needs to be solely based on like his career, and because I don't like even him not being able to play right now is not really that huge a deal for this team, and it hasn't been because I think we've known for a long time. Like you know, like. At best, he was going to, like, help in a very minor way. So, whatever. Like, I don't think they necessarily have to come out and declare season over. I mean, although, look, if if, if the knee says you should, then they should. But I think they should, it, within the locker room, and, I, you know, I think we're both getting the sense that I think people there are viewing it as, like, it's over on on this idea that he might help this team this season. But I don't think they have to tell him, hey, shut it down. His body will just dictate if he should play basketball today or if he should not play basketball. And if he's capable of playing basketball today, from the medical staff's opinion, even if it isn't actually in the rotation of a team, he should get a scrimmage in behind the scenes because the guy needs to like physically play basketball to get better.
0: Well, he can do all that and just not play this season. Like that, my my thing is when we were told that his knee was swelling again, it wasn't like revelatory, this thing has happened, right? It, it, it keeps It happening. continually did yeah, as it,
1: he ramped up. That's yeah, what it kept keeps slowing happening. him down.
0: Now, is it happening because he's trying to play? He's trying to get back on the court? I say you do view it from the sake of his career and say, listen, we're going to get this thing 1,000% healthy, which means – Like, maybe you surprise us, and maybe you're ready in April. But as far as we're looking at this, we're getting you ready for Summer League. And yeah, you scrimmage in the background all that. But if this keeps happening, it's clear that it's not ready. You got players going to the podium talking about, don't forget Wiseman. Don't forget we still got Wiseman coming. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm just saying, they should have been saying, listen, man. We're playing this ultra safe. We're doing the Steven Strasburg thing. Like you're done. <laughs> you're not. Yeah, you're not. You're not Kerr really
1: game. has messaged that out the last like month month or so, right? He's the one that really pulled the brakes publicly of like you know. You mentioned summer league. I mean, he was like summer league training camp, thousand reps. Like even if like other layers of the organization, again, you are including players in that star players who you know, would always rope him in, like got Clay, got Wiseman coming back. So it's not a good deal, but, you know, still is only 20. I agree with you. To me, the next big checkpoint in his career is Summer League. And not just Summer League, but an entire summer of like playing basketball and gearing up for camp. So he feels really in rhythm and confident coming into camp, not only about his body, but about his game. Because if not, then you're talking about potentially like the start of his third season and it ha- like he hasn't even got off the ground his career hasn't even got off the ground yet and he- you're nearing like rookie extension talks essentially
0: <laughs> so <laughs> you're trying to decide on the 4 year option you yeah, ain't even seen this yeah. dude yet but-
1: i mean it is a little loony li- like you know a uh, cavang loony didn't play like at all year 1 basically and then year 2 very little and you know they're going into year 3 and they, and they didn't need him, by the, way. the- well, yeah, they had Jordan Bell, and we were all talking about, like, you know, can they afford Jordan Bell? Cash considerations. Yeah. <laughs> and then they declined Jordan Be- – or Kavon Looney's fourth-year option, which, by the way, they're not going to decline James Wiseman's fourth-year option, but they declined Looney's. About
0: 28-pick difference. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah.
1: They declined Looney's, and, he- and suddenly year three, boom, finally healthy, finally feeling confident, bursts onto the scene, and he's still here, you know. <laughs> and so – this isn't that rare of an NBA case. Obviously, people can go back to the Joel Embiid situation, but if they can get him physically right and 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 feeling good and getting a summer league training camp, like it could it could turn going into next season. But I agree with you that like it does feel like this season has become a wash.
0: Yeah, I I don't think so, but it makes you wonder since they didn't declare him a wrap. Did they really not get a big, and they thought they needed a big, but they felt figured Wiseman was coming back, and now they're stuck? You know, although Bielita, that was the best I've seen him in a while against Spurs. And
1: Port. Bielita and Porter yeah. were, were, and Porter, were, were yeah. rumbling like,
0: in the interior. That's the type of stuff I'm thinking about. It's like, all right, you know, we don't need a center, and, and if we did need one, Wiseman's coming back, and all right we're not that thirsty for one and, and now you're stuck in this position with possibly seeing Towns or Jokic and then Aiton you know what I'm saying like Gobert who knows right so to me that that's why that would be the thing I would be worried about if they were saying let's chill on Wiseman but, but behind the scenes kind of oh, he's coming, watch when he's coming back, and th- then they didn't make any moves because of that. Or maybe they just don't think they need bigs, but we know that's not Steve's philosophy. Steve loves bigs. He loves size, right? Every time somebody's got a three-height advantage, he's trying to post them up. Like, we know how he thinks. He wants size. So, to me, that's the part I was thinking. Like, did they really <laughs> Did they really not go against somebody? Look,
1: Wiseman's inability to give them anything on the court this season was a big,
0: well, you know, I
1: guess... Issue within their plan, and that's the the win now, develop now plan. That is the um, going into the season with you know a lower or smaller number of bigs because they thought Wiseman would be back probably December, January felt like the you know was it was the initial hope. It has hurt them in every layer, and the fact that it wasn't just clear, for, I think if it was clear from the beginning that Wiseman wasn't going to play this season, then they would have added an extra body. Because there's been so many like incremental oh he's getting close. Okay, he's not okay. You know, this time literally playing he could have played an NBA game. He was physically cleared to play an NBA game while he was playing in the G League. So the way it's gone didn't help their plan. But I mean it's it's very correct to look back and like second guess. And plenty of people first guessed this decision and it and it didn't work for them. And but we'll see in the playoffs. I mean, maybe you know, if Draymond is himself You're going to suddenly not, you know, for 35 minutes of the game, you're suddenly not really that worried about their interior. Because they, who do they want more than anybody in the world? Guarding Towns, guarding Jokic. A guy they employ, now, is he physical? We'll see. We'll see if he performs. You know, and this does put a ton of pressure on him, which we'll see. It's risky. We've talked all season. Like, this whole entire, like, thread-the-needle plan, fuse-two-errors-together plan is very risky. And one of the risks... Turned against them.
0: Wiggins can save it all. It's all. It all comes down to Andrew Wiggins. He can help. Season. He can help. He can definitely save it. Uh, and him, Clay. I mean, how about I, a Minnesota? Th- like a se- how about
1: a Minnesota series for Andrew Wiggins with
0: Wiggins? Oh man, what? <laughs> what? You know, he would love nothing more than to go into Minnesota and dog them.
1: You know Minnesota's front office would love nothing more than like
0: for him to employ Just a chance yeah. to go like see that trade wasn't that bad. The perfect world would D'Lo would go off in the series the Minnesota wins. Wow, Wiggins, Wiggins is quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, they they would never hear end of it. Yeah, Warriors fans, you do not want to see the Timberwolves in the playoffs. The Timberwolves, the hottest team in basketball right now, full of athletic and youth, athleticism and youthful energy and swagger, uh, and a, a, a legendary big man. I'm way overhyping the Timberwolves.
1: Karl Anthony Towns will overhype himself. I believe the best big man shooter that's ever lived.
0: Not named Dirk, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Not according to Towns. Not according to the Wolves. Not according Dirk to. All right, we will talk to you uh, sometime this week, I'm sure.
0: After there's... the big win in Orlando?
1: Uh, Miami, let's talk Miami.
0: <laughs> of course you want to talk after a loss. I just, you know, for back-to-back. i do the second night. You know? I got you. All right, thanks for listening. We're out.